This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. There he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here, and here comes my good buddy, Ted Yoho. Right on time. You set the doggone clock, by. He's like the sunshine. Comes right up when you need him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it runs it right down to the last second. Yours truly wonders how am I going to BS my way through this, uh, you know, until he comes on. He always, you know, I guess I can oh, make. You got it experience there, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, we are here in the uh, honey woods of North Central Florida, and Ted is in D.C. of all things. I got. I, I thought the man got it out of his system, but obviously he hasn't. Uh, we're glad he's there, though. So, and we are, of course, sponsored by. Uh, Crime Prevention, Melbourne Law Studio, Crime Prevention for Texas, and all of our good sponsors and donors. And uh, we are uh, roaring away here. Uh, let me check and make sure I got all my stuff synchronized. I think I do anyway. And uh, Ted, you're cleaned up real good. There must be something important going on today. <laughs> I am up in D.C. and I'm happy to be here because I'm working with the Florida Farm Bureau. Uh, oh, are you really? Yeah. Good. Yeah, they're up here on their issues with the farm bill coming up, and uh, they need support. You know, if, as you know, agriculture is number one industry in Florida. It's under an $28 billion industry. And uh, I'm, I snuck off to a room. I may get kicked out of here in a minute. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I have to find another location. I'm setting up for another meeting. And, um, you know, the farm bill is coming up, and it comes up every five years. And it'll be uh, uh, it'll be due here in twenty at the end of this well September thirtieth. It has to be passed by. And as you know, Florida and agriculture in general is about less than two percent of the population in the country, and it's a dying breed. The next generation, as you and I have talked about, aren't going into farming because the returns are so poor, and for a new person to go into agriculture, the costs are so high. And so we have to preserve what we have and bring more people into the agricultural community. Absolutely. And I've, I've been up there with Farm Bureau when you were actually in yeah, our right. Paul, and you treated us really royally. I've, I've always remembered how uh, gracious and uh, hospitable you were um, on our visit there. Yeah. Well, gracious I got all this. And, uh, yeah. Got to get my machines all right here and how gracious you were. And, um, you offered, I remember, to uh, take us over to the Capitol and show us around uh, inside yeah. the big rotunda there. We didn't take you up on it, but I thought that was a very gracious oh, offer. Yeah. So, yeah, it, the farming thing, is, um, as you know, um, I was chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory here, committee to the county commission. And uh, it's a struggle because there are more and more urban people who don't understand really what goes. Let me just give the, you, you're familiar with this, of course, I know, and you're, in your profession as a veterinarian, but all through the night, a couple of nights ago, uh, Ted, there was a, 
a mooing mama. Okay. So I tell, you know, when the sun came up, I, I told my wife, I said, ain't one thing that mooing mama means. She's hunting for that calf. Right. And uh, sure enough, in the dark, we went down the dadgum back woodsy part of the property. And a doggone calf had, had found a way to crawl under the fence. First time that's right. ever, ever happened. And then it couldn't find its way back. And so here's my point. We had to get help to get that calf because it wouldn't come. It took more than two people. And right away, my good buddy Tom Shaw down the road, you know, Tom and Shaw. Tom and Buckley. Tom and Buckley and Bobby Certain came. And uh, (laughs) Buckley and Bobby Certain came. And uh, that's how we got the calf back in. But my point is, it's all about cooperation in the rural countryside. You know, no, it is. As one of my old farming friends said when I first, he's passed now, but he said uh, when I went to borrow a box blade from him, and I learned right away you can borrow, you could borrow anything from Robert you wanted to, but you always had to bring it back. If you right. didn't bring it back, he'd never loan you a thing again. So I apologized oh, for bar, so borrowing the box blade from him, and he said, "Well, Warren, you ain't never got what all you need." <laughs> never do but it's funny up here you know you, you look at what's going on and um, america today has become for the first time a net importer of food now let that sink in really we've always known as the bread basket of the world we are now a net importer of food come on <clears throat> part of that is the increased population but the big part of that is the decrease in farms. You know, our blueberry farms, because of the USMCA trade deal with Mexico and Canada, <clears throat> our blueberry farmers are down 30% in, in production because they can't compete uh, because Mexico subsidized the product. They're growing it cheaper. Their labor costs are cheaper, and they can use different um, uh, insecticides, herbicides, um, than we can use. So the standards are different, yet they're shipping that here at the detriment of our food security and our Florida farmers. And it's not just Florida farmers, it's farmers in California and all that. Can you imagine if we become dependent on another nation for food in America? And this is where it's so important, your program, to educate your listeners so that they go out and they hold their people accountable as far as their representatives. And for the representatives will not fight to do what's best for Florida farmers and our national farmers on a national scale, they need to throw them out of office because they're there to make sure our country stays strong. And you can't be a strong nation if you don't have food security. Well, what are we going to do about, we can't undo NAFTA. I mean, crying out loud, it's here to stay. Well, NAFTA's gone. We've got USMCA. Talk to me about that. United States, um, uh, Mexico-Canada trade agreement. Uh, that was something that came up. Trump signed it into law. They said how good it was for people. I was the only member of the Florida delegation out of the 27 people, representatives that voted against it. And uh, because I knew it was going to be bad, Robert Lighthizer, Vern Buchanan, Mario Diaz-Balart all said, oh, we're going to fix what's wrong for Florida. We'll, we'll take it to court. And I said, by the time you take it to court and get a ruling, we're going to lose a bunch of farmers, and that's exactly what's happened. And uh, Sonny Perdue, he and I butted heads over this. He said, oh, they're over-exaggerating what it's going to do to the, 
to the farmers in Florida. And I'm like, no, we're not. It's happening. And if you look today at, at the decrease in production because of the people went out of business or, you know, I know blueberry farmers that had 100 acres, they pared down to 50 acres because they can't compete against the stuff coming in from Mexico. Um, you know, this is something that's serious. And people say, well, it's just farmers out there. You know, they're polluting the environment. No, these are some of the best stewards of the land, as you know, doing what you do. You know, you look at the Shaws or Tommy Taylor and, you know, all those farmers up in that area, the Hollingsworth, you know, the Heinz family and all those people. They are some of the best stewards of the properties that you'll have, you know, because they earn their living from there. They have to take care of that. And uh, plus, it's just it's built into farming. I mean, you are good. You're a good farmer. You know, you look at I mean, there's so many in that area, the Norfleet's. Um, McGeehees. I mean, there's so many in Latchway County, the Alley Goods, and all those people. They're just good farmers. Well, there's so much pressure. Yeah, there's so much pressure, as you know, not only on the competing market south of the border, but the growth of Florida. And we already have a chat line here wanting to know, what can we do about farmland for sale? I heard just a couple of days ago, China owns 400,000 acres of farmland. Did I hear that right? Do you have any idea? Uh, I would be surprised if it was that little. They probably own more. Uh, Corey Mills, who's a representative from Florida, uh, he was here speaking at the Farm Bureau uh, event that I'm at. Uh, Aaron Bean out of Clay County. Uh, Corey is Volusia County, Seminole. Uh, some of those counties there, Big Citrus Cattle, has one of the largest sturgeon fish farms in the United States. Um, and so what what people can do is talk to their representatives and get, if they're not into agriculture, find out what they can do to hold the other representatives in the state to where they support it. You know, one of them was reaching out to Debbie Washerman Schultz, and she wouldn't even have a meeting with them, you know. She's in West Palm. She's worried about the the urban population, but yet West Palm is one of the larger tomato producers in the in the country, um, along with Lois Frankel. These people need to be held accountable, and if they're not serving the issues, and I know ag's not the biggest issue for a lot of these people. You know, beaches and tourism and all that stuff is. But if you don't have food security, you don't have security. Period. So it ought to be on the top of their plate because they eat. And if they eat, you know, thank a farmer. You got a comment here. Did ethanol uh, kind of screw up the economy of corn? Yeah, it did. I mean, it it gave another outlet. And this, again, goes into the USMCA. Uh, The the corn farmers, and most of them in the Midwest, they support it because of the ethanol subsidies, subsidies, taxpayer money going to government to dole out for favors and you know, to support an industry. Um, and it drives the price of uh, uh, corn up. And so it's not bad for the people that produce corn. But, you know, when I look at a farm bill, I think it should be regionalized, you know, because growing corn in Florida is so much different than growing it in the Midwest. Milking cattle in Wisconsin or California is so much different than milking cattle in Florida. And so to have a one size fit all farm bill, I think it should be a regionalized farm bill to take into concern the interest in the different regions and the different growing habits. And that's something we advocated 
NFL on deaf ears, but we kept pushing it the second farm bill. And now the third farm bill is coming up and I'm not here to vote on it. But the people writing into you right now, they can talk to their representatives to talk to G.T. Thompson, who is the chairman of the Ag Committee, and uh, they're fighting for a farm bill. How does the party uh, differences uh, relate to this? Is it uh, bipartisan? Is it, once again, politicized? Or Oh, it's politicized terribly. Is, is it? One of the reasons um, um, the, the farm bill gets passed, thank you guys, uh, one of the reasons the farm bill gets passed is because the, I don't know if the Republicans put the, the food stamp programs in there, but if, if the, the Democrats will support it for SNAP and all those things like that, and so the Republicans can get what they want, unfortunately, it becomes a fight between food stamps and farm policy is what the fight is over. And it's it's a ridiculous fight. They should be separate. And if a bill can't stand on its own merit, it shouldn't pass. And, uh, you know, the, the you're going to see the fight in the farm bill. And you've heard me talk a lot about this, is putting the work requirements back into the farm bill for food stamps. And so an agricultural agency, here, here's a comment. Uh, I don't know how to take it. An agricultural agency has been become a welfare agency. Yeah, yeah. A big portion of it. I think the biggest portion of the I don't think it's the biggest portion um, of the farm bill is food stamps. Yeah, it, it really has. And when when I was in office, we had an investigation that was brought to us out of Jacksonville. And a local sheriff uh, deputy had found over two or four million dollars in fraud and food stamps in less than a year's time. We took that to the USDA and people were trading food stamps, a $300 EBT card for $150. They're trading at 50 cents on the dollar, turn around buying drugs. And I can say this as a fact because we saw the videos of this happening. So we took this to the USDA. They admitted there's probably a billion, with a B, $1 billion in fraud in the food stamp program. But they thought it was closer to four to $7 billion four to seven billion dollars. And so you take that to the Democrat side of the representatives and they said, oh, there's nowhere near that kind of fraud. Well, if the USDA is telling me that fraud is fraud, you know, I was on food stamps, Carolyn and I, I think everybody knows that for about six weeks under the Carter administration when interest rates went way up. I understand the importance of that program, but we also got off of it as quick as we can. It was not a generational way of life. But unfortunately, on the Democrat side, and there's probably some Republicans, they think it's a way of life. It's become generational. And um, they wouldn't look at the amount of fraud. And they just, in in fact, I couldn't get the chairman, who is a Republican, to have a hearing on this because it was too inflammatory. And uh, he wanted to move beyond this. So if you ignore it, it's easier to work with it. But the problem doesn't go away. It'll it make you sick up here. Rick Scott spoke here today. Corey Mills and uh, Aaron Bean out of Clay County spoke. And uh, they, they all are aware of that right now. And I told the crowd of Farm Bureau members when you came up, I said, you know, these guys work for you. You take these issues to them. And if they don't work to solve these, if they're not working to solve these, you need to vote them out of office. And I said, no, Paul, I said, you know, no hard feelings there, Corey or Aaron. But, you know, if you can't 
be the fighter for this, for this reason, you don't need to be in office. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm I have a, hard a, I have a, a good, we have a good uh, listener watcher here for the show who was a food stamp fraud investigator just in the South Florida. And I've tried to get him to come on the show and tell the stories. They're amazing. I no, mean, if that's art, tell him I said hi. <laughs> the rackets that they, these people wind up, uh, Ripping off, you know, government. I mean, and this is just, well, if it's true for food stamps, it, it's got to be true anywhere the government is giving out money. Because I think the government is the worst at accountability. Except oh, it's for, terrible. Except for going after the IRS going after us. Other than that, they they don't have any accountability. That's right. And you know, Rick Scott spoke today, too. You know, so we got see Senator Scott. I called him the governor. And... Um, <laughs> I asked him a, a question, and it, it was depressing to hear the answer. I says, what was your biggest shock when you came up here that you weren't prepared for? And he goes, nobody's trying to fix anything in these agencies. They all talk about it. But if he goes, it's so bad now that if, if, if it's a Democrat administration and you're a Republican at an agency, the agency says, well, you're a Republican. We can't work with you. An agency of the federal government. You know, they work for the American people. They work for America. And, you know, you can't solve the, the problems all one-sided. You can't push new legislation all one-sided or you get stuff like the Affordable Care Act all one-sided. Um, and the Republicans have done stuff, too. You've got to have that bipartisanship. And uh, that's what happens. And our, our founding fathers forewarned us about this. If you have political parties, people start serving a party instead of protecting and preserving our constitutional principles. And it's taken us 200 and some years to get it to screwed up. And uh, listening to Governor or Senator Scott, he is not real happy up here, the environment. Well, you know, I don't want to really switch gears here too much. I don't think we are. But um, talking about that, we have now got Trump and this is subject to closer analysis, of course, but it's a comment by observers of the political world right now, uh, criticizing fellow Republicans more than he is Democrats. And the way it's shown up is that he has taken the side of Disney <laughs> in the DeSantis thing. And, you know, I, I, I hate to see that. I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, for them to have that. It really is. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you're going to if you want to pick an issue to separate you from DeSantis, you pick one. But Disney's not a good one, because if you side with Disney, you're siding with wokeism, with uh, LGBTQRF, whatever else is in the alphabet that they want to come up with. And you're you're going against the, the, the traditional values of America. How long before they go after Christmas? We've seen them try to go after Christmas and all these other religious holidays, you know. When you start taking away your heritage, you lose your country, and that's what the left is trying to do, the liberal progressive. So if President Trump thinks it's smart to side with Disney to separate him from DeSantis, it's an error in judgment, and I can't support him uh, for doing that. You know, I want somebody that's going to say, what's best for America? What's best for Florida? You know, and if you're at the presidential level, I remember Obama came in 
when I was a freshman, and he spoke to the Republican conference, which I give him credit. And Pelosi did, too. John Boehner never went to the other side. But Obama said, we asked him to do something. He goes, well, I can't do that because it goes against my party. And I'm like, you're the president of the United States. You can't afford to have a party. You have to see America. And I would hope you would put what's best for America in the forefront of what you're doing. Um, and if not, you've elected people, and it's like goes back to our founding fathers. They're serving a party and an ideology instead of serving a nation. And, of course, they think their ideology is better for the nation, um, but it ain't so, as we've seen. We're, we're living through the fundamental transformation of America. And I guess the question I, that it asks is, how do you like it? I'm afraid, too, that the, uh, the superficial communication systems that we have, and by that I mean the little blurbs that come out on the iPhones and the little blurbs that come out on these um, Internet, not, not this one. matter of fact, we had a guest the other day who was talking about a whole problem of um, health care, and he was on for the whole hour, and he said, wow, he said, at the end of the show, he said, I never get an opportunity to talk about this in depth the way I just had with you. So what I'm saying is that the Ward Scott Files is really an exception to what many people get, how they get information on the uh, internet. I mean, they get little snaps, they get little blurbs. And here we do. You're right. Great contributions you make is you are a congressman and you're sitting down here for an hour with the people, you know, and communicating to the people. That's not enough. There's there's not enough of us doing that. There's not enough outlets for that. That's why I come on your show, because, I mean, I don't watch any of the network news. I don't. I I mean, I read. I I do my research. I read. But you listen, you'll hear on the radio a Hannity or uh, that. What's that Lord lady's name? Uh, Not Ingram, the other one. Uh, Anyways. And And Colbert. No, I can't remember her name, but they're all the same. They'll throw out something toxic or something to get your attention. Tucker Carlson, Tucker's going into more in depth in his his special programs. Um, But you only get that little blip and you don't get anything out of it. It just creates anger, fanfare. And so they get ratings. People watch their shows. It's shows like yours where people can go into depth to educate people, to really let them know what's going on. And, um, you know, you know, it, I'm like you, you know, I just care so much for this country and uh, being able to travel around the world and see how other people view America as the land of opportunity. They still do, but we are fast losing that. And then this generation coming up now, I don't know what letter the alphabet or uh, uh, pronoun you use for them, they don't have a clue what America is, the ideals that it stood for, you know. And, um, you know, it's, we're at that point where Ronald Reagan said we're one generation away. Well, that generation's here. And, again, the question is, how do you like it? I'm with Ted Yoho, who is in D.C. right now, and uh, looking at the chat line here on one of the computers we've got. If there's anything you want us to talk about, please put it in the chat line. We'll have a conversation about it. And, um uh, uh, yes, I think for those of you who are considering uh, the the idea that the agricultural agency has become a welfare agency, uh, I think we kind of agree with that. And the, the biggest thing that seems to be the problem 
I was talking with Senator Fuqua about this. He's retired, of course. He and uh, he 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 was a Democrat, gentle, real gentleman. Yeah. Uh, up in his later years, and he laments the fact that there's no bipartisanship. He thinks that's the biggest thing that's missing. Um, every once in a while, I have lunch with him, and um, I really appreciate the fact that he still approaches this from a statesman point of view. But they're, the young ones don't seem to be like him. And um, they're no. raised in a completely different um, political culture, I guess. <clears throat> well, look, look, look at what they do. I mean, I don't do social media. Uh, I know I'm a dinosaur in that. And dinosaurs become extinct. <clears throat> but these politicians or people out there that are elected, I, I can't say everybody blanket because I don't want to do that. Um, they'll, they do this social media. I'm fighting hard for you. Please send me $5 or 25 or 50. And they have that whole thing. You can hit on a button up to their, their um, uh, limits that you can donate. And, you, you know, that's, that's what they're working on. They're getting the sound bite on social media. So you'll send them money. We, somebody told me that one of the representatives in Florida raised a pile of money and they've got a couple hundred thousand in their campaign account. Yet out of all the money that they raised, they've only got about 200,000 left and over 180,000 went for self-promotion. <laughs> so I don't know. Are they working hard for you? Or are they working <laughs> hard themselves? And I don't have, I don't have, have the patience for, again, it comes from a coming up for working for your living and yeah. having a fight make a living and then working with the farmers you yeah. see what they go through to make a living i don't have time for people well you know it you know people that tell you they're in the cattle industry and they're all hat no cows yeah <laughs> yeah they never had to get up in the middle of the night and get that baby back under the fence <laughs> that yeah, darn right. baby knew how to get out but that baby didn't know how to get back in that little devil uh <laughs> we had one of the city slickers that he was going into agriculture and he had a he bought a bunch of cattle, and of course, he came out there with a big hat, and, you know, shiny boots, and never been in a cow pen before. And I worked with old Bobby Anderson, and and the guy said, now "I want you to get rid of any of these old cows." And he's telling Doctor Anderson, who was you know the cream of the crop as far as veterinarians. Yeah. And he told Bobby, he goes, "Now I want you to get rid of any old cows." So I'm I'm I was an assistant at the time, and so we're grabbing the head, looking at teeth, any cows with bottom teeth gone. Um, um, that, you know, so many, we'd say, sell this cow. So Bobby was kind of a, a, a smart aleck in nature. And, and so I'd open up the mouth and he'd go to this guy and he's nudging me. He goes, this cow doesn't have any top teeth. And the guy goes, oh, get rid of that cow. And we're all laughing. And after about an hour of doing this, um, we let him know that cows don't have top teeth. <laughs> They're incisive. <laughs> oh, he was so mad. Oh, he was humiliated. I mean, he was mad. I don't think we did any more work for that fellow, but that was all right. Uh, <laughs> he was all hat and no cows, you know, and um, you get a lot of people like that. And that's kind of like a politician. They want to tell you what they're doing. They want to tell you how to do it. They just don't know. They just don't do it. And, well, um, the guys you're talking they, about. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm going to have to leave at 10, or 945. Oh, okay, good. Well, uh, thanks for. I do me. have a suit tie on, so I got another meeting. I got to go. Okay, well, give me. Yeah, thanks for the heads up. You can stick around to nine forty-five, and then I'll I'll have to BS. I'll have to come up with something, right? <laughs> but uh, 
we got to, I've got to take a break in a minute anyway for our bottom of the hour. We got a couple of things that are people wondering about uh, the digital dollar uh, and the Fed. I don't know if you're up on that or not. I want to talk about that. Sure. Come back. We can talk about that. This is a, um, something that's out of my, uh, above my pay grade. I don't know a darn thing about a digital dollar. So, well, if you go to a digital dollar, you've got the government controlling currency, healthcare, education, not controlling the border, but they've got the results at the border that they want. Um, and and so do you really want them to control your dollar? They can't control their own dollars. Look at our debt. Look at the money that this country is in debt that's devalued our dollar. And that's one of the reasons inflation is so high. 80% of the dollars in circulation today have been printed in the last year and a half, two years. So wow. if 80% has been printed, that means the value of a dollar two years ago has dropped down precipitously. And that's why everything's, that's one of the reasons everything's costing so much. The other thing is Biden's foreign pol- or uh, energy policy, shutting down the Keystone pipeline, pulling these uh, leases away. Yet at the same time, I'm telling you they're giving more leases, but well, you may be giving more leases, but it's harder for a company to invest because of the permitting process has become so uh, stringent that, they can't do that. So then we go to Saudi Arabia or Russia or Venezuela and ask them to give us more oil. And we're learning that they're giving us the middle finger. Not only that, but Saudi Arabia and these other countries are gravitating towards China. We're finding France and uh, um, uh, Germany are getting closer to China. And it's because we're so screwed up in this nation because we're not fixing the basics. And, uh, you know, let's just hope that Whoever emerges out of the uh, the primaries, Republican and or Democrat, will put America first. You know, I'd love I'd vote for a John Kennedy if he were in office. You know, he had the largest tax uh, yeah, cut yeah. In, the, in American history. Look how he led this nation on a on the space program. Look yeah. at the things he was doing. That was a leader. And my Republican friends will remind me he was a Democrat. He couldn't get elected to the Democratic Party. Right, right, right. We have to take a break at bottom of the hour. It's 9.30 here on uh, Award Scott Files with Ted Yoho, who's in D.C. He'll be with us another 15 minutes. We come back on the other side of a break. So we'll be right back after we uh, hit some bills on Award Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Hey dads and kids, join head coach Billy Napier at the Gainesville All-Pro Dad Experience. Saturday, April 22nd at 9 a.m. at the University of Florida Sanders Practice Facility and Fields. Learn fatherhood tips and participate in activities with your kids while rotating through stations on the field. It's only $25 per family, so register today at allprodad.com slash events. The Gainesville All-Pro Dad Experience is brought to you by the Florida Department of Education, Dairy Council of Florida, and Tyson. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. 
The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. The warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather Report brought to you by Lewis Oil, good supporters, Wendell Lewis, Lewis Oil. Yes, they are fossil fuel. And I make no apologies about that, nor do I suspect does Lewis Oil. Well, we are chilly this morning in the piney woods of north central Florida here outside the Warthog Command Center. We'll get up into the mid-80s, but our big issue here is no rain. And as I said yesterday, I think there's always now beginning again the hue and cry for yours truly to do the naked rain dance. And the problem with the naked rain dance is usually I do bring rain, but I can't stop it. And I've been blamed already for maybe having done the naked rain dance in Broward County and saturated for Lauderdale. I did not do that. There might be another naked rain dancer there, but it wasn't I. Meanwhile, all this heavy snow we've had throughout some of the western states, and now really a blessing. There's 880 inches of snow that is going to help pull Utah out of a drought. We are in a drought here. We don't have melting snow. Um, There is major flooding that's going to unfold in some of these uh, northern states as the spring thaw continues, and that is really going to be, once again, paradoxically a blessing because of heretofore excessive dry spells. So, um, you know, I'm always reminded of that sailor adage that a person who has made his living at sea once told me about weather. He said there never was an ill wind that didn't blow somebody a good. So here we are. I mean, we get blizzards. We get all this heavy stuff out west, but then it melts and it fills up 
uh, the places that heretofore, the Great Salt Lake uh, still could disappear after the epic snow, but it's going to get some relief from the snow. So there are some lakes that are on the verge of not any longer being a lake that are going to once again be a lake. So hopefully uh, we uh, get a little bit of that here. Of course, we always get the hurricane season, but we can't wait for the hurricane season here because hay is getting difficult to get. And all these things we're talking about with our good friend, uh, Representative Ted Yoho, who honors us every Wednesday with a discussion for you all to hear uh, as much as you can about an informed view of D.C. Uh, not everybody gets an opportunity to hear that. Now, we have shifted gears with Ted. He's got a meeting in about 10, 15 minutes. So he's going audio with us. And um, I think, Ted, are you there on audio? Don't believe he's there on audio yet. Um, there he is. He's coming in now. I believe. Are you there, Ted? Ted, are you there? I feel like what's that? Earth, the angel. Uh, what is it? Uh, that song. Uh, the uh, probably Jared can help me out. Production at uh, trying to reach the man in space. I'm trying to reach the man in space right now. Um, <laughs> as to. Uh, uh, what what is what is going on with his connections? Uh, really appreciate him stepping in here all the time and on a Wednesdays and talking to us. Uh, we uh, we're really kind of hoping he's there on the on the uh, Major Tom. There you are, Michael Lucas. Thank you so much. How's the rest of that go, Michael? Major Tom, uh, and I'm watching. I need a little time to see if I can hook up with Ted. So tell me about Major Tom again. I always like that part of the thing. Ted, are you there? Can't hear Ted. So, wow. Got to fill in the blanks here for a minute and uh, uh, ad lib. Hang on a minute. I've got my act together, believe it or not. And I can promote uh, some discussions here that might be of uh, some interest to you. Uh, We were talking about uh, the infighting going on. Are you there? Are you there, Ted? I heard something, but I don't know. I haven't heard Ted. Um. We were talking about the lack of bipartisanship in D.C., Ted, and and it seems to be um, a dinosaur. One of our viewers here has mentioned ground control and Major Tom. Thank you, Michael. That's it. Ground control. Ground control to Ted Yoho. (laughs) Ground control to Ted Yoho. (laughs) But anyway, um, you know, I I thought we cover a little little bit here that – I don't know if we're going to get Ted back or not, but, um, you know, Fox News just had to pay a big settlement uh, for, uh, I guess, talking about the election and the beat uh, um, that went on with um, with uh, Trump and all that business. And uh, they're breathing. The news media world is breathing a sigh of relief uh, because uh, had that thing gone into the courtroom, who knows what would have happened to the ability of uh, the news media to say things without fear of somebody griping and coming at them. So that was all settled. 
um, apparently, and that saved uh, the rest of the news industry uh, from uh, uh, being uh, kind of having to walk that plank. Um, but I thought this was interesting. Um, the Fox uh, News averages nearly twice the number of daily viewers that its closest liberal competitor received in the first quarter of 2023. And that's according to a, a, an outfit that keeps track of it. It's called <clears throat> Mediate. Now, you know, Fox News is a huge deal and it's trusted. Uh, the others aren't trusted. We were talking about this with Ted a moment ago. Uh, the sound bites are done for ratings. Um, you get a little more in-depth um, a view on a view, not the view, of course, on some of the Fox News treatments. Uh, the network had a daily average of 1.36 million viewers. Uh, MSNBC comes in a distant second with about 703 viewers, 3,000 viewers. So uh, the battle for cable news top show was between two shows, Tucker Carlson Tonight, it made the top spot and the five. Now, I don't watch Tucker Carlson tonight. Comes on at night. Uh, I'm usually watching sports or something. But I do watch the five pretty regularly. And I find it to be an interesting discussion. It's um, got liberal participants and conservative participants. And they discuss the hot button issues of the day. Um, the five had previously earned of first place overall for 10 months straight. And uh, um, at the same time as Fox has been soaring, CNN has been plummeting. Uh, CNN has only 478,000 average daily viewers. And that performance amounts to the single worst quarter for CNN in ratings since 1991, according to Mediate. Uh, Ted, anytime you're there, come in. I'm here. Okay, thank you. I was doing the uh, Major Tom thing. I don't know if you recall that, uh, Ted. Uh, let me see what ground control to Major Tom. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, man. I was just talking about um, you know this 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 settlement that Fox did with uh, uh, this Dominion outfit and. Uh, all the issues about the election integrity. So I was uh, filling that story in while I traded, uh, waited to get back with connection with you. Now it's nine forty-two. You going to be with us a little longer, or you got to go in a minute? I'm good till ten. Good, good. Well, thank you very well, much for making, for making those adjustments. Um, um, the it's most interesting that uh, um, you're you're able to roll the punches. I guess is the way we might talk about it. Um, um, we got a question here um, about um, um, the digital dollar that we were talking about a moment ago. Um, right. You know, to me, so many things already, Ted, are dangerously close to being abstract. And and the reason abstract is kind of a dirty word to country boys is there ain't nothing abstract about the cow out on the other side of the calf out on the other side of the fence, you know. Um, although when the people go to the supermarket, they expect all that to be all cellophane wrapped and ready to go for them uh, in case they want to just select it. Um, to me, that's an abstraction of the animal, and it leads to a lot of problems because the people who consume the animal in the abstract 
don't have a clue about the natural world. And to me, the real lessons in the world are still derived from working within the natural world. So uh, the digital dollar is so far down the road of abstraction, I can't even understand it. Uh, it's all just computerized decimal marks, and isn't it? I mean, educate me if you – I'm a dummy about this. Well, here we are, Earth to Major Tom. I don't know if Ted's hearing me. Let me take. Let me pick up with my story then until I get Ted Basics. back. Oh, yeah, there, Ted. I, you blocked out. What were you saying? We, I couldn't hear you. We're getting an intermittent transmission from you, sir. You were getting intermittent. Sorry about now that. We get, now I hear you. Now I hear you. So anyway, did you hear what I had to say about the digital dollar and how abstract and all that stuff? Right. When you get away from the basics, you start becoming more dependent on the government. So if uh, I'm in an Uber cab right now or Uber ride and we were talking about the corruption of government that he has to go through. Sorry about that. No names mentioned, but it's it's everywhere. And so if the government is controlling your digital currency or if they control your electricity or your medicine, you know, whatever it is, you become more dependent on that entity that has the control. And that's not the way this country was set up. It was set up by we the people, but we have allowed that thing to to exist. But at the same time, the control has been taken over by the government on so many issues. Well, that's an interesting to rent an Uber ride. And what's that fellow's um, main complaint? How does Uber, that's a nice little moment here, teaching moment. What is the problem for the Uber driver? Because I remember when I was there to see you, practically everybody moved yes, about DC by Uber, right? Right. Um, you're right. You're right. They are. Uh, his problem is if he's at the um, um, picking up at the hotel, if you don't have a sticker, it's a thousand dollar fine. Really? Can you hear me? Yeah, really. I heard a thousand dollar fine. A thousand dollar fine. If if you don't have the sticker and he goes and then there's payoffs. You know, that happens in third world countries. And when you have a breakdown in the rule of law, when you have a breakdown in, um, um, you know, just the way things are supposed to happen, you wind up becoming a banana republic. And we're there. And, you know, I get so frustrated because this, this is America. We're better than that. This is Americans. And, you know, we should be setting this. Or we should be living by the standards that were set. What does that sticker cost him? Does he know? Has he told you he that? He pays a thousand dollars for it. Wow! Now that money goes straight to what? I guess D.C. municipal government, huh? Yeah, and he said they're very corrupt. Well, they don't want to put criminals in jail and keep them there. We know that. And uh, they want the working person out there, especially people like that that are making money, and they know that the only way they can make money is to have that sticker. And, um, I mean, this came from a guy and he had a, I would say, uh, Indian accent and uh business guy. And he's saying, you know, cause he came by to pick me up and I couldn't get out of the elevator fast enough. So he left and he came back and he goes, if I get caught out here, it's, um, it's a thousand dollar sticker or a fee if, I, if I'm waiting too long. It just, it's ridiculous. Wow. 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 Well, I know you've seen our background here on the Word Scott Files, and we have an image of the uh, the uh, 
the fence up around the Capitol building. So, right. Let's talk about. We have a comment here. Um, there's a big tax break for first-time DC home buyers. What do you know about that? One of our about that. that would probably be in the uh, home rule for DC, the local legislation. Okay. Mr. Michael Lucas wanted to know about that, and you said that you know anything about that. He says the subsidy keeps the price of housing there inflated. Um, and how does that um, get put into law? Well, you know, the municipal government in in uh, D.C. is, uh, would you say, be fair to say, very, very liberal? Oh, it's it's beyond that. I mean, it's as bad as they come. Liberal progressive um, movement. Well, it certainly is. Uh, Let's talk about whether or not we've got a minute here to talk about this. Let's talk about the great analogy used in an email to me, and that is the uh, hamster in the hamster wheel. And you were concerned that this uh, uh, conversation, if we sh- if we can call it that, that Congress is having about brag, is going to go nowhere. It's going to be one of these, another one of these investigations. When we should be paying attention to other issues. Um, and I know Nadler has said, oh, this now has become uh, a campaign arm of Trump. What are you hearing about that there, Ground Zero, Ted? Well, it probably is. He'll use it that way. I mean, it's just like he's got to separate himself from DeSantis. So he's going to support Disney, which is the wrong move. Instead of teaming up with DeSantis, and and let the the voters decide who's going to fight harder in that realm. If if Trump is going to side with Disney for what they were doing, uh, he doesn't need to be in office because he's going to do what's politically expedient for him instead of going against the 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 current. And you know these hearings and Nadler. I mean, listen to that guy come out and say this has all been politicized. The way he ran the Judiciary Committee for the oh, break, and then. Uh, all right. So the brag issue in New York, Jim Jordan. Um, yeah, it's probably important, but so was Benghazi. So was the Mueller report. All these reports, and we spent two to three to four years doing this stuff. What became of it? Whatever became of those things? Hillary Clinton, we know uh, she lied about that. We know that she was there with uh, uh, Fusion GPS. And so we know all this stuff, but what came of that? Nothing. And so we're going to go through the Bragg hearing. We're going to go through the Hunter um, um, Biden hearings and all that stuff. But in the meantime, we've got millions of people coming across our southwest border. Our debt is the worst it's ever been. Um, You know, you've got China taking over the world. And we're sitting there worrying about Bragg and how he he uses uh, DA powers in a state for political purposes, you know, and, you know, the Trump thing, if he's guilty, he's guilty um, and treat him accordingly. Um, but to spend all this time when we have all these serious issues in this nation, um, this is what allows the distraction that we don't pay attention to the government saying, "Way well, hey, we're going to do digital currency uh, or climate change, or we're going to do all these ESG things. And we were talking about that in the, the farm meeting I was at. You know, they're talking about how everything's measured by ESG up here, but yet nobody has voted on 
are we going to put an ESG standard in and hold everybody accountable? Not one of your representatives have voted on that, but yet the government's operating on it. Quite, quite, uh, yes. And there's also, um, I have an article somewhere in my Midnight Auto Yard about how, you know, Biden really knows, you know, let's, let's be honest about this character. He knows his way around the streets of that doggone city. And I use that as a metaphor, probably better than anybody. I mean, he's lived there for his entire adult life in the political streets of D.C. This guy knows how to get past slip. You know, he right. doesn't crash a gate. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, sure. you know, I always had buddies who knew how to get into the thing free. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Yeah. You and you know, I did that, too. Huh? Yeah. And, and that's kind of Biden. Biden's kind of guy that he knows how to get in. He don't, you don't, we don't need a picket ticket. I can get us in, you know. And, you know, he, he knows a hole under the fence or, you know. <laughs> but he needs no yeah, You do that as kids, but when you become an adult, you're supposed to be uh, responsible and play by the rules. Yeah. And I, he reminds me of a kid who knows his way how to get in the fair without paying. I mean, um, and by that, I mean, he knows how to use that doggone staff level of D.C., which we've talked about before, that really runs D.C. I mean, well, he's gotten to the point where he thinks he's entitled to get to the front of the line. He should not have to wait. He should not have to pay because he's entitled. And that's where it's dangerous. When people in power think they're entitled, they start doing bad things. Well, the... Uh, Money that's being spent on the investigation is what concerns us. I think it's Jordan Wright running the thing. Is that money and productive time that could be used elsewhere? Right, right. And what's going to be the end result? I mean, uh, I don't see the end result other than say, uh, uh, quit. You know what? What you did to us, we'll do to you now, and, and kind of a get even deal. And I'm less Ted. I got to be honest. I'm less and less a believer in. Trump being able to bring some sort of order to the country. I, I, is there some candidate out there that we don't know about? Of course, they've got DeSantis running already. Trump obviously is running. Somebody out there, you know, that I saw Tim Scott the other day. Anything from D.C. there that you hear? I know Tim. Tim's a nice guy. Um, to me, he's a political creature. You know, he voted for McConnell more than likely. And, you know, you're voting for people to stay in power that are part, are the problem. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and that's why I say, you know, with the Jordan stuff or any of those investigations, it's the hamster on the hamster wheel. Yeah, they're running around. They're being productive. And it's like Carly Fiorina said to Clinton when uh, Hillary Clinton said she. Lost you a little bit. Earth the major Tom. Uh, we lost his audio. He's in an Uber car right now going to a meeting. Can you imagine? That's how much devotion Ted's got to the Ward Scott Files, which is really a devotion to you, the listeners. Uh, and this is a classroom. And we try to help you become educated and learn the issues. And this is I got to go. I'll see you. Okay, man. Thank you very much. Um, Ted's got to go to a meeting now. He was riding in an Uber car. <clears throat> My golly. You know, he says he's going to do something. He does it. <clears throat> and uh, he hangs with us. So um, 
share this share this uh, show as much as you can on your network. And um, speaking of the networks, I'm just going to complete the story about uh, the uh, general uh, trust uh, that Fox has had uh, and is blowing all the others out. And of course, um, uh, this 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 uh, I'm so suspicious of anything that comes out publicly, like Dominion suing Fox. Um, I have to think that is Dominion's lawsuit against Fox another surrogate liberal going after a conservative media outlet? Um, you know, you get to the place where that's the way your mind works. I mean, uh, you've been exposed to this sort of um, tricky universe so much that you don't know. I don't, I don't want to call it artificial inter- intelligence because we're going to get there soon enough. But um, it's a... Uh, it's a real, it's a real interesting kind of world we're getting ready to enter in terms of um, artificial intelligence. This show maybe we'll have, um, especially someday in the future. We're going to probably pop off the air here with you a, a couple of minutes early. Uh, I want to give applause once again to Ted Yoho, who first of all found a room in a building in D.C. and ducked into it and hooked up with us on his computer, and then had to go to another meeting got in an Uber car and hooked up with us by phone and talked with us and now has to go to another meeting. So uh, that's real. That's a real commitment. And uh, I find that so refreshing in this world that when you say you're going to do something, you do it and you mean it. Uh, Ken Hillier, thanks for thanking us. Uh, we work hard to bring you a good show. And uh, we, we also thank those of you who from time to time, uh, make a donation to help us make our productions good. Uh, we do pay production costs. We do have other things that we um, have to make happen to make this show happen at the quality. Hopefully it's happening for you. So uh, have a great day and we're going to say bye-bye tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll have a couple of things. Uh, first half hour I'll have Dance Alive National Ballet. But the second half hour I'm going to go into, this is going to be interesting. You'll find this interesting an update on the local Alachua County Sheriff, how shall I say this, uh, issues, okay? That's going to be interesting. I've done a lot of research on it. I've got a lot of the documents right now that not even been out there public yet. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. So have a great day. Warthog Command Center out. <laughs>